so, um, so the company of one obviously is, uh, uh, it wasn't created, but we know it was coined by uh, Paul Jarvis, right? That you invited a few years ago. And when he wrote his book, Company of One, um, I was like, again, I was like, oh my God, I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one thinking that I don't really want to have a, a large team that are on my payroll. So, um, so I reflect and I'm like, wow, I am a company of one. So I have to stop saying I'm a freelance, I'm a self-employed because first of all, I'm a company, I'm not self-employed in the UK. So um, yeah, yeah, so I really love this term, it's brilliant. Welcome to the Happy Entrepreneur Podcast. This is a podcast for people who look at business differently. It's for founders, freelancers, change makers, and freedom seekers who want to make money, do good, and be happy. We choose the path of the happy entrepreneur not to get rich, but to express ourselves and serve others in the most authentic way we can. Many of us couldn't find our role by working for others, and so we chose to work for ourselves. We took the more uncertain path, not because we wanted to, but because we needed to. We value learning, play, and friendship, and we have a need to make a meaningful impact in the world. By following the path of the happy entrepreneur, we learn as much about ourselves as we do about business. On this podcast, I have conversations with other happy entrepreneurs from different walks of life, industries, and countries. We talk about the journey and about what we learned about ourselves along the way. For us, entrepreneurship isn't just a way to make money, but a journey of self-discovery and growth. If you're on the same path and are looking for inspiration and connection, then this podcast is for you. Are you a company of one? From Paul Jarvis's book of the same name, a company of one is a founder who does not believe in growth for growth's sake. Their goal is to build a company that is focused on being better rather than bigger. In this episode of the podcast, I talk to one of our happy startup members who's taken the company of one mission to heart. From this conversation, you hear all about why Francois decided to work for himself, what he's learned about authenticity in business, and why he's valued being part of a business community that doesn't just offer support at the business level, but also at a personal one. If you're on the company of one journey and currently finding it a lonely and challenging path, then this episode is for you. Francois Suri is the founder of Paperblade. He empowers businesses who use Office 365 to use the technology to operate and grow more effectively. Rather than waste time trying to solve IT problems, he'll free you up to work on the more important things. If you want his help and support, go to 365coach.me for immediate Office 365 support or paperblade.com for strategic IT consultancy. Enjoy this episode. My name is Francois. I am a um, I'm a Londoner for the past seventeen years, and I'm uh, I'm French, uh, but based in London, and I provide um, IT services. And uh, so, IT services means that I build solution and I I help people with uh, being more productive, understanding the data better. So it's mainly for internal uh, internal system. And uh, over the past uh, years, I think from like three to five years. I've been doing a lot more training. So it means that in, the, in exactly the past two years, I'm 90% a trainer telling people how to, how to use technology and, uh, and uh, 
making sure that yes, they are empowered. Their boss may have given them the key to a new system. And uh, sorry, my specialty is actually in Microsoft Office, even though I work also for Google and all that. But uh, if we take the example of Office, a manager may give them the key and say, great, now you can create amazing things, but they would have no clue. They don't always have the time and they will, for the short time they have, they will waste it into, uh, into finding out how to do things. So what I provide is, uh, is a kind of a, what I call a digital mentoring or digital coaching, which is helping the, the person say, well, if you try this, good luck because it's gonna take you two weeks of breaking your teeth. But if you click here and try this one, then you will have a solution faster. So um, I'm trying to do that in plain English. So I demystify the technology. And I, I, I believe that anybody could just automate their business. Um, yeah, using, using nowadays. So that's what I do. Awesome. I love the term digital coach. Um, there's this sense of uh, not just telling people what to do, but kind of facilitating them to get whatever they need to get done done. Is that how, is that a fair reflection of what you're saying? Yeah, and what is, what's great with, uh, with what we are, what you're saying here is that it makes me think, and that's the first time you occurs, but it makes me think of uh, maybe it came up as I was, um, you know, raising my, my kid who is now 10, because that's exactly what we do. We, we don't just tell them, this is the way of doing and that's it. We just explain them why and trying to make the, them uh, find a solution by themselves. So mm. they, they need the coaching, they need the parenting. And in the end, it will still be their baby, their solution. So I think for business is the same a, a business. Uh, and I'm talking about business individual. When I, when I have a call with someone, they, it's because they are usually, they are usually stuck. And uh, I can just say like, oh, that's super easy. Just click here. But then they wouldn't get it because they would be like, oh, you know everything. And I, I heard that. It's like, no, I don't, by the way. But I may have a, a way of understanding this technology because I've been involved in very old um, like systems. And so now I understand the progression of all this. So what I prefer to do is to explain them. Say, well, you know what? This button is always really hidden. Like, it's super hard to find. And you, I wouldn't find it by myself. So what I did, I'm going to show you is to find some, the right forum, the right people to talk to, or explain them why, uh, why it's hidden and how you can find solution, yeah. So anyway, the analogy with the kid was interesting. Uh, thank you for letting me think about this, yeah. It's, uh, that reminds me of that phrase, is like you teach a man to, f oh, give a man a fish and you feed yeah. them for a day, teach them how to fish and they feed themselves for life. And Oh my God, this is so true. Um, no, I was going to say in uh, in IT, right? There's a there's this uh, old misconception that um, that first everything is super costly because it takes months to develop, and once it's finished, to a solution is there. Then, if you want to change anything, it's going to be another cost, and uh, it may break everything. It may so everything is really complex. Whereas actually, if you if you just teach them how to, then they are able to do it. And nowadays, things are a bit more locked down, so you don't break things so easily. You break only the small part of it. Yeah. There's a, there's there's a, a lot a of fear. example anyway. 
I think there's a lot of fear around technology. Um, and that's from not understanding how it works. And what I hear you say there is around the complexity of it is like, oh, if I touch this, it's going to break everything. And I get the sense that having, you know, spending time with you, you're kind of reducing some of that fear and increasing some of that uh, confidence and courage around what to do and how to do things. Yeah, I hope that's the that's my what my users are, are feeling and and I'm lucky that they basically uh, call up on me again. So therefore, I, I feel it's, uh, it's working because they know that uh, by experience with me anyway, that yes, they, they, it's only going to be located to a small part. And, um, and the example I was going to give is the, uh, the way um, Spotify works that they would release new feature, they only isolate the new feature. So it will only affect a small number of users and it will only affect the, the tiny icon on the bottom left and not the one on the bottom right. So, so if uh, people don't like it, if it breaks, etc., they just have a tiny piece to change. Mm -hmm. So I think that's, uh, that's the thing that in many, many systems, it wasn't possible a few years ago because yes, everything was quite complex and uh, and we had no other choice. But now, if the if the, the the system has been done properly, we can yeah. So you talked about in terms of the people you're trying to serve. Um, you talked a little bit about automation. Uh, so. Um, in my mind, anyway, at least, I, I, I think about anyone who's running a business who's maybe burdened by manual processes and admin, maybe also having systems and technology that, that that's, takes up their time trying to use. Uh, is that is your role trying to educate them on how to be more effective with all of those things? Is that how you does that make is that? how it works for you or is it more training on specific bits of software so it is about it's um yeah it's a good one because on one hand it's like okay you want to automate i'm just gonna so you want to automate let's say a quick example it's a a um i have a team of uh, project managers they all go on site and they need to take a picture and report it because a wall has to be painted yeah that's that's what it is so initially they could do it with a picture, they send an email, et cetera, but then the email get, uh, get processed days later, it gets missed, et cetera. So now they, they, uh, they have a requirement. So I could say like, yeah, sure, you can have a quick app that you take a picture, but then you fill in some form, some fields, and you say exactly where is the, which client it is, which wall, which uh, color, et cetera. But then as I am looking at this, it's very tempting for me to set up, but you know what? It's still going to be a lot of process and there's still some, uh, there's still some manual tasks to do because you still have to enter each field and the user doesn't have the, the time and the attention. So they will miss some, some information, some crucial information. Uh, they may type the address wrongly, they may whatever. So, so, the, um, so that's my temptation. So, to answer your question is both. It's like, yes, you can you can automate it and we can do it together. But at the same time, I'm going to show you how you could improve things and maybe have um, be more productive in your work. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, so it so that's why the that's why the digital coaching 
came to place because um, it's not just I'm a I'm a IT trainer. So yes, that's what I do with a few organization. I have a curriculum and uh, I just follow the curriculum. And within my, my uh, lesson plan, I am allowed in most organization to, to give my personal example with businesses, with clients. So that's great. So the, the user, the, uh, the learner can, can have more added value. But um, if I am just a trainer, it's very likely that I just show them this automation and I don't tell them, why don't we, why don't you change a tiny bit of your, of your way of doing, and then you become more productive. Mm. So I really, I get this sense for you personally, there's something around adding value or solving problems or really there's something more than just turning up and, and doing some training. You want to, you want to do more if possible. If you can see that there's a problem to solve, you want to be able to help with that. Is that right? Yeah, it's it's a it's a constant struggle from me to to refrain from doing this because um, when I receive a an email from from school saying please sign this paper and you realize it's you have to you have to print it you have to sign it you have to like and uh, so basically I went there and I said you know what it it could really not be a big deal to just have an electronic signature. And then same for the form they were sending for the, the catering menu, choose your menu, but you had to send it by email. And I'm like, oh my God, you're going to process 450 email. So now they are on Google Forms, right? <laughs> it's the obvious, but yeah, it's a constant struggle. So sometimes I have to, I receive something and I'm like, oh my God, I'm, I'm not going to, because it will add, that's the problem as well. The person receiving my comment We'll just we'll just receive it as like oh it's a complaint and it's uh, it's too much stress for me because it's technology and I'm already doing the best I feel I can, whereas yeah so it's 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 difficult. <laughs> I think, yeah no it's it's yeah challenge sometimes if it feels like oh my gosh it's another thing I need to do and all I want to do is get some forms out for a, for a, some meals or something. But on another level, I'm I'm hearing as well when you're when you see that something can be done better, you would love to be able to contribute to making that better. Is that fair? Yep, absolutely. I am a, a very active uh, participant in, in lots of topic, I guess, because I just see things and I'm like, yeah, that's a, that's a great idea. Let's just make it happen. And for me, that's core to the entrepreneurial spirit. That is what I believe drives many, is, is an aspect of many people who would call themselves an entrepreneur because they feel a sense of agency to be able to make things better and look at making things better. And I'm, I want to connect that comment to your journey because um, I'm curious on one hand uh, how you, essentially you're, you're running your own business at the moment. Uh, but before that, um, I'm showing, you know, you were employed. And so there was a transition yep. from working for someone to working for yourself. Maybe just give us a brief history of, hey, how did you find yourself in the IT world? And then what was that transition to working for yourself? Uh, what did I do? I got a uh, first job in a 
in a corporate in London. Um, as uh, yeah, I was under under an IT services company, but I was really at the corporate uh, uh, seats, like clients all the time. So that's how I became a, what they call junior consultant. So I was consulting already at I don't know 20, 24 on uh, on pretending to be an expert in a, in a software, and. Um, and then from that days, the company sent me a, a little bit, well, a little bit like four years in Paris. So that's how I became even more French, because I wasn't. Um, yeah, and then so when, uh, when I had a change of, uh, of heart, I guess, it wasn't just career. I was like, do I want to be, um, do I want to be, so I was in, in the Paris uh, office, I was in a small company, and uh, I was uh, managing people, hiring people who were like almost double my age and, and writing the checks and all that. And it was really overwhelming because I was like, whoa, hang on, I'm a, I'm a consultant, but at the same time, I, I have to pay for the office, the salary and, uh, and plan my, the next month to make sure that consultants were, being, were bringing money back home. Um, so I was a bit overwhelmed. And when there was an, an opportunity for uh, someone to buy the small company, I just said, right, thank you very much. And no, I'm not going to stay as the as the, the director that, that they offered me because I was, I was clearly too young. I was like 20, uh, 26 when I, yeah, 27 when I, when I did that. So I, um, I decided, okay, let's move on. So I, um, I returned to London actually, because my, my London base was, uh, where I felt more uh, at home at the time. So, uh, so I did that. And as you said, yes, I went back into some uh, employment so that I could, uh, technology evolves a lot. So I, I learned some new systems and, um, and, it and the best way was to stay in employment because then all the training uh, is taken care, care so, uh, so I did that, and uh, and after a while, I was feeling very frustrated because I was the only person who understood or who who was looking after some system in the business, and and I I had nobody who could really relate to uh to this to like uh, to to not being able sometimes to fix it because the system is not great, so I I yeah so I I didn't then went. Uh, left the job to, to try contra contractor, it was called, because a contractor, and that's why I wasn't feeling as a self-employed or as an entrepreneur, a uh, contractor was just like, it's the same as, uh, as an employment, but you just, uh, you just, you kind of like have your daily rate and that's it. That's really the main difference. The main difference. But at least all the things that I was feeling by myself, etc. Well, at least I was a contractor, so I was fully by myself and not pretending to be a part of a part of a group that doesn't really get me. So that was my first experience as a, as a, as a, by myself in a business. Um, where are we? I'm just talking a lot. So that's okay. Well, the. Well, one thing I'm curious about is you left, it sounded like within that second organization where you were looking after a, sounds like a, a legacy or old complex system. There was a lot of challenges with keeping that working. And it's, that's what I hear. 
and you weren't being valued enough for the effort you were putting in mm -hmm. to make it to keep it working because people didn't understand yep. what it took is that correct yes that's right so what one thing one keyword i, I didn't use yet but it's the politics <laughs> it's like to be able to do my work uh i had to go through i had to understand the internal politics well and and know that the person and i mean i had a terrible case of a of the person who was supposed to manage me was in the pub all the time. And, but it was okay because, you know, he was friend with a director, etc. And I was like, oh, I don't have time for that. I just, that, that's not, I can't navigate via this uh, internal politics because what I really enjoyed is to produce something and to say, doing the wow effect, to say like, wow, look at this, this is working and it's going to simplify, it's going to make us more efficient, etc. Um, it didn't really interest some people because they were like, oh, I don't really care, my career is there for the next 20 years. So that, that was the thing that, uh, yeah, mm. <laughs> that I, I saw. I definitely hear, and this resonates a lot for me as well, is like this need well, A, the politics thing, having to navigate. It's like a, it's nearly like a different game. It's like I'm here to play ping pong and everyone here is playing, I don't know, rugby. And yep. and I don't understand these rules. They don't they, it doesn't interest me. I want to I want to create impact. I want to make things better. I'm not here to bide my time and just get a salary. So I really get I get a sense that actually I needed that freedom to be rewarded for me putting my energy focus intellect into solving problems rather than I just need to go to the pub with the right person and I'll get the right reward. Yeah, that it was correct? exactly that. And, and you know, there's this thing, I mean, maybe it's my, my upbringing, but there's this thing that I always, um, like I, I, I never took a job as they are paying me, therefore I just have to sit there and, and time will pass. <laughs> it's like for me that was the the extreme nightmare um so i always had this uh this concept that if you if you have a nine to five then you have to to produce something even if the something may take a few months agreed so um so it was a bit difficult and then there's the other term as well called uh, um oh yeah project uh, a project for cv so a lot of what I met, people I met, were doing an amazing, something that was looking super amazing on paper. And when you look at the actual delivery, it was so complex again. So it would have cost so much to, to change a coma in the, in the, in the text that, uh, that nobody wanted it once it was delivered after 10 months of development. Mm. And, but it doesn't matter because the person who ordered it moved on to another job, to another, maybe even in another company, but on their CV, he was clearly saying like, look what I did, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. That was very frustrating for us being in the technical lower level, um, because basically it goes, it goes through the window, right? Once, uh, once you've done <laughs> it. There's um, vanity versus impact. As the thing that springs to mind is like, oh yeah, I was part of this amazing project. It had this much budget and uh, it had this technology, but did it actually accomplish anything? Did it actually make yeah. a difference? And 
And that was important to you, it sounds, or is important to you, to feel like you're making a difference? Yeah, so in my case, um, like I, and, and nowadays, right, in, in what I do, is the same. When I receive some amazing design by a creative director and they're like, I want the site to look like this and that. And I'm like, yeah, that's great, that's brilliant. But for the user point of view, how are they going to, what are they going to gain from that? Um, because sometimes they, they don't think of the, the basics. That is, there's no accessibility. The, the colors haven't been checked for some value screen, etc. So there's this thing about the impact. It's like, how do you make the impact through technology? Yeah, so I, I always try to uh, to do that. So by leaving a company, by leaving a, a full time job, then my um, my aim and uh, I don't even know if it was the aim, like if it was a conscious decision of saying I'm going to leave because you know the, the grass is is greener on the other side. Uh, I was just like I just give it a try. So I did that, went on my own, and then I realized that well. I don't care. I don't. I don't have to care about the politics anymore. I barely care about the people, to be honest, because what I have to care is the actual delivery. And so that's that's much more rewarding, um, because when I, what what I like to do, which uh, is very, was rarely done. Now it's changing a bit in in companies, but it's to do a post uh, post project um, uh, checkup so that we see how things have been done and what could be avoided. And mm. uh, and, it, and it was, it, it's nice to see that because you see the results and and the satisfaction as well. So, yeah. 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 I think it's, it's quite brave to, and I think it's why people shy away from doing that post-project assessment. How well did we do? I think I get the sense that lots of people would rather just rush onto the next thing and make that happen and just not look at essentially what could be improved. Um, I'm curious. So there's, um, I, I got the sense you left this company. You you said, you know, let's just try it. It sounded like I, I don't want to be there anymore. It's not serving me. You know, this politics thing, not for me. You became a contractor. And while you say it's just like being employed, but you're selling your day rate, there's a big shift in terms of, um, in a sense, uh, uncertainty. As an employee, oh, yeah. you can feel like, yeah, I am going to get employed. Like you said, they're there for 20 years to do their career. Shifting into that role, even as a contractor, introduces a whole level of uncertainty. How did you react to that? Or was that anything that didn't you not no, really that, think that's of right. it? That's right. Uh, no, I, I think of it uh, a bit less now. I, I'll explain why. But uh, but a few years ago, it's, it's extremely important. And especially, I mean, even uh, a few months ago, COVID, uh, every week, we something may happen in terms of business. So that's something I think about. But I guess I've been surrounded by, by some people over the years just telling me, uh, kind of like, stop worrying about next month, because next month you you find a way. You always did. So, so they are kind of like saying... Um, where, look at the past. Yeah, that's it. Look behind you. And so far you managed to pay your mortgage. You managed to have a comfortable living. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, that's true. But 
maybe it's super stressful. So then they were telling me, about, well, okay, well, then that can stop stressing so much because you will find ways. People, and sometimes it's uh, one of the way could be like, well, just, just call people, just call for help, just to say, well, actually, you know what? I'm available next month. And I just want to be very open about it. I'm available, hire me. So that, that works as well. And that's something that I developed over the years because I wasn't comfortable before to stop stressing about it, to, to tell my previous customers that if they want to use me, they can. Because by saying this, it could mean that, oh my God, he doesn't have as much work as before as he used to have when we worked with him. So maybe he's not as good anymore. So there's a lot of uh, um, the little voice in my head that I have to just say like, thank you for reminding me, but I'll we, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> <laughs> I love and, that. <laughs> and obviously back to, back to you and, uh, and Happy Startup, it's, it's very clear for me that this is one of the the advice, but it wasn't an advice like of having one of the, one coach coming and say like, this is how you have to do. It's more like, oh my God, I'm not the only one. So that was really good. I love that. Uh, I love that. Well, I love that, um, that little voice that you don't want to hear telling you, oh, you need to worry. You need to worry. And it's like, yeah, not now. I'll talk to you later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to listen and to you she's now. She's trying. <laughs> she's coming back, but you know, it's, it's learning how to talk about, how to talk to the little voice, because it, it's still good. I think it's really good that we have someone, and it could be in the family, saying like, but are you sure you're going to take this really massive risk? And then you're like, yeah, actually, I've, after speaking and discussing it with you, it's really risky, and therefore, I'm going to take it. Because it's kind of like, what what is the worst that could happen? Mm. And the worst so that this... could happen, by the way, <laughs> just, oh, okay. on just, <laughs> just a caveat. The worst that this. could happen is uh, is a few years ago. I was like, uh, there was a recession. There was all the dot com order, and I was like, well, if I don't have a a contract by the end of the month, then I'll just I just go and work in a pub or something. It's fine. Why not? Mm. And then I got a pub. I got a I got a contract. So unfortunately, I'm not very good at making cocktails, but. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but you you were present and you were able to deal with it when it happened but yeah. I, there's this um i think it's really useful just to underline this what i hear as two types two learnings here one of them is um essentially uh, well i the way i interpret it is accepting uncertainty I think I, you know, sometimes I hear people say you get comfortable with uncertainty. And to be honest, I, I don't think I'll ever be comfortable with uncertainty. But there's something around accepting uncertainty and trusting that you will be able to find a way. Is that is that right? Is that part of what you feel yeah. that you've learned? Yeah, it's exactly it's it's a, it's a good summary. There's two points. Um, that's right because when we are. Uh, when we're younger, we just want to control everything. And at some point, it's just to, to realize, like, that's fine. There are some things you need to let go because you cannot control them. So they will come or they will not come. So we send a proposal to someone. It's like, well, it can get accepted. It can because we don't know what is inside. And now it's back to politics. You can't control what is inside a customer, uh, an organization, etc. 
So that's accepting uncertainty. And also this year, we saw it very clearly. Um, yeah, no, no, totally. And then there was, um, there was something else actually around what you're saying in terms of asking for help and how people might perceive that. Um, you were saying, oh, because I'm asking for help, I not, might not be seen as, as the best IT personnel or someone, you know, someone that is of yep. a certain caliber. Yep. But something has shifted for you on that as well. Is that correct? So it's all about um, what we see nowadays as well about um, in social media, right? Is that you only see social media because of the, of the good side of it. There's like amazing, I feel so good and I have a great news to tell. Um, so when you see that, it's so difficult to actually post something of saying like, you know what, I, I'm kind of okay, but I'm also a bit stressed about the day after. So, so the whole atmosphere, and I feel, I feel that it's linked to, to being public in, on social media, means that we are really afraid of how people are going to judge if we just tell them like, no, I don't have a, I, I'm looking for my next contract. And I'm so pleased to see that now it's changing. I can see on LinkedIn, people are saying available for hire. They are looking actively saying it because we are now talking about the, I was saying social media. So now we're talking about the, the power, the connection and all that. So it's fantastic. Anybody can see that you're looking and, uh, and say, oh, great, let's talk about this. Mm. So that, that made me think about the idea of being authentic and and sort of honest, um, which leads me onto this idea uh, of being a company of one. Yep. And what that has meant for you and how you try to portray yourself to customers. Uh, so, um, so the company of one obviously is. Uh, uh, it wasn't created, but we know it was coined by uh, Paul Jarvis, right? That you invited a few years ago. That's how you invited us at a talk. So that's how I discovered him. And when he wrote his book, Company of One, um, I was like, again, I was like, oh my God, I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one thinking that I don't really want to have a, a large team that are on my payroll and with an accountant that is on the payroll five days a week because I would have to find him a lot of things to do. So, um, so I, I managed to just look back at myself and say, wow, I am exactly this. So I have an accountant, I have a solicitor, I have uh, like some automation for all proposal and all that. I don't need someone who is going to scan my paper, but everything is digital in my world. And, uh, and therefore it happened to me sometimes that I, I need to send a quick proposal. I just do it on my phone. It's so simple nowadays. So, um, so I reflect and I'm like, wow, I am a company of one. So I have to stop saying I'm a freelance, I'm a self-employed because first of all, I'm a company, I'm not self-employed in the UK. So um, yeah, yeah, so I really love this term, it's brilliant. And how did that, or how do you, is there something there with how that appears to uh, your clients? Are you happy to, to talk about it in that way? Um, uh, not, not always. So it's, uh, I would say, it depends how they come to me. 
if they come to me, let's say direct, direct talk via LinkedIn, therefore they talk to the person and that's great. So I will tell them like, yes, I'm the one that you're going to speak, be speaking with because you're looking for speaking to the experts So fine. So, although I don't always like this term either, <laughs> but um, so that, so therefore they know and they don't even care about which company and my business is called Paperblade. I just tell them like, you will receive an invoice from Paperblade, that's it. Um, but sometimes they, they may arrive via um, like a, a creative agency and uh, my business, we are registered in, and I say we as a business, we are registered with, with a few because they need support on Office 365 and they, they're really good at doing design, but not the technology that hosts it. So then in that case, it's like, ooh, they may think that we have a bunch of developers behind me and I'm just here because it's a meeting and I'm the director. So I basically have to come out <laughs> and I really have to say it and say like, oh, by the way, if you need anything for your, um, I don't know, for the paperwork and all that, just let me know and you will receive that uh, like quickly, but it will be sent by me because they, <laughs> They even think that it's sent by, I don't know, by marketing at Paperblade, by finance at. But of course, I, I, I'd rather be very upfront. And so I, I am, yeah, I usually have to do a bit of a discussion. Um, and I think the third point is where if I work, sometimes I work directly with, uh, with um, corporate, right? Uh, then it can, be a, it can be trickier slash very, difficult sometimes I, I can get refused just because they want uh, such a big company um but it's okay like it's it's no big deal it's like if you if you want an intermediate between me then that's that's fine because i will not participate into your internal politics <laughs> mm. so there's a, a clarity of how you want to work with people there i hear in terms of yeah um, but i think the whole the whole topic of uh, of this of like how do you how do I um, place myself it's yeah it's the authenticity and it took me gosh it took me a few years because before I was only saying uh, I was talking about my business as we a lot more than than just now I was I was uh, I because I'm I work in IT and all that we sometimes do daily rates rather than a fixed package. And in the daily rate, you have to justify that, uh, that well, my developer is going to be cheaper than me because you know, I'm the, I'm the master of, I'm the whatever. So um, fine, but the developer might be me in the day too. So sometimes I also work with developers as, a, as contractors, but a lot of the time it might be myself. Hmm. So how do I explain that to customers? But now they understand because we are, you know, we talked about project earlier and delivery and all that. So now I tell them, I said, well, during, during the first phase of the project, I have to, for instance, define architecture. And that means that I have to use years of experience of understanding different system. And I may have to give a call to different administrators of your systems. Whereas on the second phase, then we are gaining into the development. And for that, I am going to put my hat as a junior developer. And and we are on a different uh, different package, let's say. Mm. So they they yeah. get it, and I think they do like this transparency. Mm. 
There's a, so there sounds like a, there's been a journey for you in terms of learning about how to present yourself um, within business. So there's the, um, just the understanding how this industry works and how pe people, different people react. But also there's, it sounds like your own journey about getting comfortable with uncertainty, um, being able to feel um, embracing your authenticity, um, being able to, yeah, just connect. Sounds like being clear about who you want to work with and how you want to work with them. There's a confidence that you're, you've been building over this time. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, because this confidence sometimes allow me to also say no. Mm. Whereas um, a few years ago, I would be, I would be so, I would not say no, basically it was very, it was very clear. I would be like, oh no, you know, work, work is coming and I have to take it. Even though it could lead to months of unhappiness uh, in, in the work. So now I just, um, and sometimes I say, no, it doesn't mean I have something after, <laughs> right? So now I take a risk of saying like, no, there's a, I, I can't accept that um, because maybe something else is gonna come. And it doesn't matter because my, if it doesn't come, I mean, it will matter financially, but uh, personally in terms of uh, well-being, et cetera, I'm like, no, it's fine. Mm. Yeah, and I love that. And um, I would, I like a bit more well, launching from that. This idea of it'll be fine, and and there's this real kind of ice, uh, a greater sense of peace with this uncertainty. Um, and you talked about being around other people who are experiencing this thing. As I wanted to find out more about, maybe share a bit about your journey in our community in terms of maybe starting sure. off with how you discovered us and what's what's kept you with us for this time because <laughs> yeah. Anna when was it when when did you first is it five years ago now um yeah so last year was my fifth year at summer fifth camp year. so this September is six wow I know time flies so how did I discover I uh I was, I was trying with, with um, a friend, we were trying to build a, a, a partnership, like a business, except that we had no idea, no clue. So anyway, it didn't work out. But while we were building this, one thing that we had in common was that we wanted to change the IT consulting industry so that all the, what we call all the cowboys would be, um, We'd be highlighted and then <laughs> they would be known and so so that we only um have some uh um yeah some true authentic uh, person when did that 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 work in the industry that would be good so to do so we were like so basically we want to do good so we want to do like tech for good and things like this oh my god what is this what is this so we we got introduced through, uh, I think, through co-working at the time. And then we just saw a flyer, et cetera. And I, I had a first uh, chat with you and Lawrence, I believe. Um, and yeah, and then in fact, I joined the summer camp. I booked for four months later, went to summer camp in September. 
And I was going with no, not much expectation. Maybe I was like, oh, it's going to be a, um, trying to explain to my family, oh, it's going to be a, a weekend of watching some talk. They were like, a bit like TED Talk. Yeah, maybe, I don't know. So I went there and, um, and I just, uh, so what's my journey? I, I didn't have a, a massive meltdown during the first summer camp. Um, it was more about learning suddenly that I wasn't on my own anymore because people are like me. So sometimes I, I meet someone at, uh, um, so between all the talks is where the magic was happening because that's how I speak to, to, to people that I just have a coffee with and they, and suddenly I just realized they are fully authentic. And I'm like, well, I'm not, I'm not used to that because my customers in the corporate, they are not showing me that this exists. So that was the first thing. And then, um, um, yeah, and then it was like, so the, the, obviously the next question in lots of uh, social groups is, uh, so what, what is it that you do? What's your idea? Especially in, in this, uh, in Happy Startup, it would be what's your business, startup, etc. And uh, I was really embarrassed because I'm like, well, actually I'm an IT consultant. I don't have the big idea. I don't have the, uh, you know, at the time, maybe five years ago, it's like, I don't have the iPhone app. <laughs> so, um, so I was a bit embarrassed with this. And then a few people were just saying, like, oh, you know, it's fine. I'm a banker. I'm like, what? You're a bank, what are you doing here? Um, so some people were, were, had an amazing idea, had an amazing startup, and even the one with a startup and, and already has, I don't know, 20 or 50 employees. And I'm like, wow, and you're coming to this thing. And the opposite, people like me, who just like, actually I'm a project manager, and um, I just come here because maybe I want, to, I want to leave my corporate job, but I don't know, I'm just here because I'm, I like to be surrounded by good people. That was that was my first uh, introduction, yeah. Mm. So it's very much a, a. Well, I love the idea. There's people like me, and this idea of, of people being authentic, um, and how that can be difficult potentially in the world of work, and where people are always maybe trying to show or not show too much of themselves in That's case right. of what that might happen. <laughs> the not show is. Uh is very, yeah, it's, it's very much what I experienced before. So being, as I said, I did four years only uh, working in Paris. When you come back to work on Monday morning, you're like, how was your weekend? And the majority would be like, yeah, yeah, no, it was all right. We did a barbecue, but that's it. You know, you don't have to ask too much detail because it's, that's, that's how it was. It's, it's the, I'm hoping by the way that it's changed. Um, but it was like, work is work and social is social. You don't mix both. Mm. And, uh, and, and I think it's proper to, to England or London. It's kind of merging. So there's the nice thing about this, but still in a lot of our environment, you still have this thing of like, of, uh, of not being really authentic during the nine to five. Mm. So yeah, so back to a uh, experience at Happy Startup, being summer camp or being in a, I went to, to a few uh, um, meetup in London or Brighton, it's, it's, um, it's always this, is that people, if you have nothing in common, 
you have the fact that you you speak from your heart and you really say things and that's like so nice mm. so at the moment it's, it's what is it that you feel that being part of the community is giving you right now um so my moment started <laughs> of a of a realization uh, that being part of it is has been super good, and that I should um, I should um, yeah um, spend even more time on it. So it's been about two years ago when I had a, a really bad breakup with a business partner, and I ended up to be really done, but done um, professionally. I just thought that I would never get a job anymore. I would never um, be able to continue my own business and customers will never trust me anymore. That, that's what happened. And uh, this was all about the end of the year. Uh, so I arrived in December, Christmas. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do nothing for Christmas. And then in January we see, and in January I was like, oh my God, but I remember that I'm useless and I, I can't work. I can't, I, maybe I have to change my fully my, my career. Uh, so I decided to, to go back uh, and I, I had the whole, uh, I was a member of Happy Startup, but I decided, oh, well, let's, let's check out. And I, I think I, uh, I either have been quite open about this in the community, in the online community. I joined a few um, uh, Zoom meeting. There's one at, as you know, I, I love joining on Wednesday because we all work on uh, we all work on a, on one line for forty five one hour and then we we catch up. Uh, how is it called again? Cafe Action Cafe. Yeah, and this Action Cafe is is really good because it's supporting. So I joined all these things, and suddenly I was like, wow! If I didn't have this, I would be myself in front of my screen. Um, looking for the next customer, trying to put my marketing in place because I was restarting really. Um, and then by being part of the community, I was like, actually, no, my restart is not a restart because I'm, I still have things that is my whole experience, myself for years, all the thing we discussed today is not gone. And so I capitalized on this. Um, I took some advice from members and uh, yeah, so I, I mean, I don't know, maybe you avoided me to have a massive breakdown as well. So that was, that was the support. That's the word really. Mm. Support network was really important. Thank you. I think that's, and that's really valuable to hear because if, if there's anything that I, that myself and Lawrence are trying to to do with with the membership is to create this sense of support and have that place where where we can reach out and where we can we can ask for help in whatever that may be yeah um, and that's i think and that's was but that's what we would wish we could have everywhere if only we could do that everywhere if only, you know it didn't it didn't have to uh, be dependent on small communities like ours to create these spaces where you can just feel like you can reach out and ask for help without fear of judgment or rejection. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, I'm really glad to hear that, that that was of use or was of value to you. And, and talking about value, what, you know, 
coming towards the end of our conversation here. Um, well, let's start with uh, the sharing. If people want to get to know a bit more about you or uh, find out more about your work, where would you like to, to point them to? Uh, okay, so about what I do and uh, just just find me on LinkedIn. I'm sure if you uh, write my full name, so Francois and then Suiri, it's going to be spelled by Carlos later. <laughs> you, uh, you find I'll me. I'll put in the show notes. Only a, yeah, there's only a couple. Um, and, and basically, this is where you will see what I do um, to, to helping technology. Uh, and if there was one type of person out there that you would think would be would really benefit um, some help from you, maybe describe who they are, what they might be struggling with. Okay, so you would love to help. <laughs> so remember, years ago when I was in a in a, in a corporate and I had to look after systems. So it was Microsoft. It was called SharePoint, but nowadays it's uh, it's evolved, obviously. And I was feeling so uh, isolated because I had no one to, that I wanted to turn the screen and say, but what the hell is this error message? Why is it I can't do that in this? And the only way I had was Twitter. Now, of course, Twitter is a very neat group of people because they also know each other. So uh, when you go to conference, you can connect with them, but they will very much answer your technical question if they see that there is something Next to next to your name, maybe the company, etc. So if you are in a in a company isolated, you're the only person, uh, IT person that is supposed to be specialized in something. Um, that's actually where, where I can help because I don't believe that you need days or weeks of either consulting or training to unlock something. What you need is just a few hours. And it really starts with one hour with someone on your screen and you just say, this is the issue, but you wouldn't know that because this is an old bug that occurred four years ago. So of course it's not even finding on Google. So that's my added value. So have a free call with me. If you go to my website as well, it's called free65coach.me. And, uh, and then you can just, uh, I'm usually friendly, so you can just tell me your problem. And I am so friendly that I give the solution without, uh, within the half hour. <laughs> that's fantastic. So that's 365coach.me. If you have, if you are that struggling IT uh, person within an organization that's on their own, needing someone to point you in the right direction. Thank you very much, Francois. That has been really illuminating, really enjoyable. I feel that anyone who is making this transition <clears throat> from, well, essentially being employed and having all this experience and knowledge to then being able to do this, share that experience and knowledge in their own way without having to navigate the politics, but essentially creating that sense of freedom, I would say, and autonomy. Um, I'm hoping this story uh, will help them. Uh, and I was wondering if there's anything on a, if there's any final words. If you you were speak if you were if you were to speak to yourself, maybe six years ago, is there a one piece of advice or one thing that you would have loved to have heard from someone um, 
or so, heard from yourself so for six years in in the future uh, i didn't prepare that but i think uh i'm thinking of uh of the word that you used a few times and and that's why i, I love to have this conversation because you 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 mirror what i say and you give me the word so the word that you used a lot is authenticity right and funny enough a few years ago i maybe because of you know french being my first language or that, i didn't use or i didn't understand so i think if i re- if i go back in the past you'll be like try to understand what is authenticity what is the wholehearted people what is you know all i i uh uh read a book from uh brene brown and and learn because it's not just work right this really made some difference at business at work but uh really in communicating and understanding myself and how i communicate with people yeah brilliant excellent thank you very much that was a that was a lovely lovely conversation you're welcome anytime Thank you for listening to the Happy Entrepreneur podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Also, if you'd like to learn more about being a happy entrepreneur and want to connect with more people like you, then go to our website, thehappystartupschool.com, and subscribe to our newsletter. Amongst many other things about business and life, we'll help you answer the following questions. How can I serve others by being myself? And how can I discover who I really am by serving others?